Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our evening service, Sunday 21st of July 2019. This evening we are joined by Pastor Clifford Morrison, who takes his reading from Psalm 23, and brings us a message entitled, How to Smile at Death. Our Father and our God, we bless you for moments like these, when we can quietly and thoughtfully and prayerfully bow before you, coming to your throne of grace in the name of our Saviour, thanking you again for mercy promised there and grace to help us in all our time of need. Where will we be tonight if God were not rich in mercy and abounding in grace? We thank you for the grace of God that is greater than all our sin. We thank you for that grace that is sufficient for every tear, for every trial, for every heartache, for every pain. We thank you for a God whose ear is always open to hear us when we call, that his eye never grows dim, that it cannot see our need. We come to you because you alone have the words of eternal life. We come to you because there is no one like unto our God. We come to acknowledge your goodness and your grace. And we come to ask for your help and for your blessing. Lord, we pray for our association of churches this evening. We think of the church in Macrafelt and John McDermott, the church in Middleton and Andy Compton, the Church in Malayan and Andrew Roycroft, the Church in Milltown and William Warren. We think of the work of Baptist Mission, and just now we think of John and Lurie's Brew in Peru. We think of those who are in retirement, and we pray for Wesley and Helen Crawford. We pray for David and Joanne McFarlane, that you will bless your servants and bless these local churches. May they know encouragement and strength in the Lord as they seek to witness to the gospel of the grace of God. We pray for our own church fellowship here in Cumber. We remember the activities that are planned for this incoming week. We think of the uh, summer club on Wednesday morning and we thank you for an encouraging start. We pray that many more young people will come in and those who came last Wednesday will come back and bring others with them. We pray for those who are involved in this ministry, that you'll just bless them, strengthen them, and give them good relationships with these young people, and the opportunities just to share their faith. We thank, O oh God, of the barbecue on Friday night, and we thank you for the opportunity to fellowship in this informal way, and we pray that that may be a great evening. And then, Lord, we think of the Church of Jesus Christ worldwide. And we thank you for the opportunity that Norma will have to go to Samaria and to minister the word of God there to that little fellowship. God bless him. Give him journey mercies. Give him strength. And may all his travel arrangements work out satisfactorily. And may the Lord be with him in his going out and in his coming in. Lord, we meet with freedom here tonight. We meet in the comfort of this building. But we realize that that's not the experience of all your children. We remember those who are suffering for their faith tonight. Those who are meeting under adverse circumstances. 
those who are in jail tonight, those who are locked up in containers in North Korea tonight, because they confess Jesus Christ to be their Savior. They are faithful even unto death. We're not worthy to call them our brethren. But Lord, that's what they are, and we pray for them and remember them who are in chains as being in chains with them. Lord, may we not take our freedom for granted, but may we realize that unto those who have received much, much shall be required. May we realize continually that the lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places, and ours is a goodly heritage. So Lord, hear our prayer. Guide us in the way that we should go. Help us to follow in your steps. To honor the Lord. To uphold his word. To be faithful to the gospel of the grace of God. And to realize that one day it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Bless every heart. You know the burdens. You know the cares. You know the anxieties. You know those who are struggling maybe with illnesses and pain. And they're here tonight. We thank God for them. Those who would love to be here because of physical limitations, they can't be here. Those who could be here but are not here because of a lack of commitment and faithfulness. Oh God, we pray for them. Not in a judgmental spirit, but in a loving, caring manner. So Lord, we look to you. We thank you again that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who does provide. And for all your provision. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23. I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, but I'm going to read the first verse and invite you to read the second verse and so on. And you read from whatever translation you happen to have with you. This evening, I read verse 1, then you read verse 2, and I read verse 3 right through uh, the psalm. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Amen to God's word. Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word of truth. We thank you for this precious portion of Holy Scripture. And as we turn to it now, grant to us the help of the Holy Spirit. Write your word on all our hearts tonight. Make it live. Make it real. For Jesus' sake. Amen. I think we would all be in agreement when I say that Psalm 23 would be the best known psalm in all the Bible. And I suppose it's true to say that verse 4 maybe is the most quoted verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. 
They comfort me. I heard of an old lady who had followed God for many years. She was a saint in every measure of the word. At last her body grew frail, her life was ebbing away, and she was on what many would call her deathbed. And her loved ones were around her, and they were wringing their hands and crying as she looked up at them. And then she said, Go ahead and cry if you must, but don't cry for me, because I'm tickled to death to die. That phrase caught my attention. I'm tickled to death to die. I want to focus our attention tonight on verse 4 of Psalm 23. We're looking at God's open secrets. How to be satisfied. How to handle stress. How to get right with God and stay right with God. How to smile at death. You have no need for me to say to you tonight that death is not a popular subject. In fact, when you mention death, people change the subject as quick as they would change the channels on the TV set. And we have done everything we can do to avoid the subject of death. But man is the only creature who knows he's going to die and he's trying desperately to do everything he can do to obscure the fact that we are winding down to the grave. Death is real. Death is relevant to all of us. Sometimes when the preacher deals with maybe certain subjects, some people are inclined to switch off because they will say, well, really, it doesn't relate to me. But when we talk about death, we talk about something that's real and relevant to all of us. When we speak of death, we're not speaking of something that is far removed from our world and ourselves. It's something that we all face. The Bible tells us and the Bible teaches us that we're not to be afraid of death. And I believe David had this in mind when he wrote these wonderful words in Psalm 23 verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I don't know whether you know or not, but there is such a valley in the land of Palestine. And if you were to go there, you could seek it out. It starts up between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. It's about 2,700 feet above sea level, and there's a little spring that comes out of the hillside there, and it starts a little rivulet, and sometimes it's full of water, and the water cascades down. Sometimes there is just a trickle, but over the years it has cut a ravine, a chasm, in the Judean hills. It starts up there, and it flows down, 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 1,300 feet below sea level to the Dead Sea. And this ravine or canyon is called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Because it is so narrow that at the bottom in some places it's only about 12 feet wide and at high noon it's always full of shadows. The Valley of the Shadow of Death. As well as shadows, there were caves there, and in the Bible times there were wild animals there, and robbers, and steep places where sheep might fall, and a frightening place with grotesque shadows on the canyon wall, and the shepherds had named it the Valley of the Shadow of Death. 
And many times David had led his sheep through this valley, and on the other side of this valley was the Judean hills. The pastures were greener and fuller and sweeter. And this is what David had in mind as he writes this psalm. For doubtless many times he had led his sheep through such a valley. And the psalmist says, The Lord is to me what I have been to my sheep. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David had learned to smile at death. And let me give you three principles that will help you and me to smile at death. The first is this. Accept death as a decided fact. Accept death as a decided fact. It's a fact. Note how this verse begins. Even though he doesn't say there's a possibility it may not happen. He doesn't suggest that because of who he is, he will not pass through this valley. Death is a fact that many people don't want to face. And you have been in company and I've been in company and they want to change the subject. But the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. That's an appointment that you have and that's an appointment that you will keep. Sometimes we can change appointments because it doesn't suit us. Sometimes we have an appointment with the dentist and the more we think about the dentist, the more frightened we get and we put it off to another convenient season because the toothache is not as bad as it once was during the night. But we can't do that with death. It's appointed unto man once to die. Paul writes in Romans 5, Therefore, as by one man's disobedience sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men in that all of sin. The one exception to whether or not you might die is this. If Jesus Christ returns in your lifetime and in my lifetime. But if Jesus does not come again the second time in your lifetime and my lifetime, you are going to die. You're listening to a dying man preaching to dying men and women. It's not only a certain fact, but in a sense, it's an uncertain fact. You see, the ancient patriarch said this, I am now old, and I know not the day of my death. That can't be applicable to all people this evening. Some people can say, well, I'm not old yet. My grandchildren were engaging in conversation with me the other week. And they told me my age. And they told me Granny's age. And then they said, but you don't look that age. I reckon they were after an ice cream or something of that nature. The patriarch says, I am now old. That doesn't apply to everybody. But here's what does. I know not the day of my death. We don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And so we live life a step at a time. And the psalmist says there is a step between me and death. Old men die, and so do young mothers. Teenagers die, and so do children. 
So-called healthy men die. The rich and the poor alike die. John was enjoying his holidays up in the port. Last Saturday afternoon he was out skiing in the boat with his wife and family and friends. He got off the boat. He went down the jetty to get some equipment. He said to his wife before he got off the boat, I feel a pain in my chest. She says, it's to your right or your left. No, right across my chest. Oxford said, it's just because you haven't skied for a while. And that's the reaction. He walked down the jetty. He fell. He hit his head. He came round and he said, what's wrong? They rushed him to the Royal Victoria Hospital. They put a stent in. And later that day, they discovered a bleeding on the brain. And last Sunday at 12 noon, he went to be with his Lord, 53 years of age. And we attended his Thanksgiving service on Thursday afternoon, sorry, Wednesday afternoon in the Ballykill Church. Paddy enjoyed his cricket. Well, not last Saturday, because to the pleasure of some people in this meeting tonight, North Down crucified Warningstown in Cumber last week. I was glad I was preaching in Uma last Sunday. The Lord's providence is a wonderful thing. Paddy shouted from the boundary, as he always did. You heard him before you saw him. Sunday morning I got a phone call to tell me that Paddy Allen, young man of 39, had died in his sleep. I can tell you where Jonathan is tonight. I can't really tell you where Paddy is tonight. You see, you don't have to be young or old to die. You don't have to be attending the doctor. You don't have to be a regular patient in the outpatients in a hospital to die. The Apostle James says, Go now, you that say tomorrow we will go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. You do not know what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. A mist. When we lived in Portadown, the manse was very near to the river Ban. And often in the morning, if I had been taking the dog for a walk, there was a mist over the Ban. But in a little while, that mist had lifted and had gone. James takes that illustration from nature. He says, your life is like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You see, the Lord doesn't have to take your life. All he has to do is to stop giving you life. It's of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Life is a gift from God. And if God will, we will do this or that. Your life is like a vapor on a frosty morning, like a breath on a frosty morning. Here for a moment and then gone. And the Bible tells us, and this psalm emphasizes tonight, that we need to accept death as a decided fact. It's stubborn. It's uncertain. It's personal. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Just as David walked. Someone has said, I'm healthy, but cars run over healthy people. 
And healthy people leave this world because of God's appointed time. You and I tonight are living on the edge of eternity. Death is stubborn. Death is uncertain. Death is a personal fact. And step number one in helping us to smile at death is to look death straight in the face. Think about it. Bring it into focus and say with David, even though, yes it's there, it's there. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Death is a decided fact. We need to accept that. Secondly, we need to approach death as a defeated foe. We need to approach death as a defeated foe. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I think there are things worth raising here. He talks about a valley. And I'm reminded that there can be no valley without mountains. This is the valley psalm between two mountains. Psalm 22 is a mountain psalm. It deals with Mount Calvary and it speaks of the crucifixion. Psalm 24 is a mountain psalm. It deals with the coronation of the Messiah. It deals with the second coming. So Psalm 23 is like a valley between these two mountains. Over here are the blood-drenched slopes of Mount Calvary. And over here are the sunlit peaks of Mount Zion. Over here we have crucifixion. Over there we have coronation. And we are living in the valley. Remember we say that the Lord Jesus is described three times as a shepherd in the New Testament. He's described as the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. That's Mount Calvary. In 1 Peter 5, 4, the Lord Jesus is described as the chief shepherd. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. The good shepherd died for me. The chief shepherd is coming for me. But then also the Lord is called the great shepherd. In Hebrews 13, Now the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. He is the one who rose again from the dead and conquered the valley of the shadow of death. The good shepherd, he died for me. The chief shepherd, he's coming for me. The great shepherd, he's living for me. What a shepherd. What a shepherd. I get thrilled by talking about him tonight. I get thrilled when I sing, I have a shepherd, one I love so well. 610 Redemption Hymn. It was my favorite hymn as a wee boy. And I've never stopped singing it. I'll let you into a wee secret. Some years ago, Derek Baxter and I went to Peru. I knew three chords on the guitar. And a capo is a great instrument to put under a guitar because it enhances my chords. And if you're musical, you know what I mean. And everywhere we went in Peru, yes, you're right, we sang it, I have a shepherd. When I came home and told my daughter that, she said, dear, help the Peruvians. The only time I sing that sort of thing in a guitar is when you're in a nursing home. So you have something to look forward to if I ever come into a nursing home. To visit you, not to be a resident. He's a great shepherd tonight. I wonder, do you know him tonight? The good shepherd who died. The chief shepherd who's coming. The great shepherd 
who lives for me in the valley of the shadow of death. So what I'm saying to you uh, this evening is this. If you want to learn how to smile at death, understand that there can be no valley without mountains. And thank God we can lift up our eyes onto the hills where our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth. You down in the valley tonight, then look to Mount Calvary. You down in the valley tonight, then look to Mount Zion. There's no valley without a mountain. There's no shadow without a light, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Death is just a shadow, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, because he has become the death of death. You see, Jesus pulled the sting out of death. He took the gloom out of the grave. He took the dread out of dying. And he's given to us a hope that is steadfast and sure. A shadow might frighten you, but it can never hurt you. If you're walking along a road when the sun is shining and the shadows are falling, the cars go by and often the shadows of the car will hit you. But we experience no harm as a result of that. It would have been a different story had the car hit us. If a car hits you, that's one thing. But a shadow can never harm you. God made us to walk through shadows. There cannot be a shadow without a light. Story is told of a great preacher whose wife died and left him with his little girl of tender years who didn't understand all the mysteries about life and death and Christ. And Christ's death in relation to our death. But one day they were downtown doing some shopping. She noticed on the wall of a department store the shadow of a truck which was larger than the truck itself. Because the sun was setting and it made this huge shadow on the wall of the shop, the little girl turned to her daddy and said, Look, daddy, at the big shadow of that truck. And right there and then the father said, I'm going to teach my daughter a very important lesson. He said, Darling, if you had your choice, would you rather be hit by the shadow of the truck or by the truck itself? And the wee girl said, Daddy, that's easy. I'd much rather be hit by the shadow rather than the truck. And Daddy said, that's right. It was only the shadow that hit Mommy. The truck hit Jesus almost 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Jesus has taken the sting out of death. He's taken the dread. He's taken the sting out of sin. He's taken the dread out of death. He's taken the gloom out of the grave. Jesus has become our victor. And there cannot be a shadow unless there is a light. Do you remember what the prophet Isaiah said, often related to the Christmas story, but it's relevant tonight. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shone. Are you in the valley of death right now? Well, look to the light. There's no valley without mountains. There's no shadow without a light. There's no evil without a greater good. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Notice he's comparing the evil with the great shepherd of the sheep. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, who's he talking to? Well, notice the psalm begins, the Lord is my shepherd. That is Jehovah or Yahweh. And Moses asked God at the burning bush, 
when he was commissioned to go to Pharaoh, Who will I say sent me? And Moses said to, or God said to Moses, Tell him that I am has sent you. And the word I am means the eternal, personal covenant, covenant God. The ever existing one who never had a beginning, who never had an ending. You tell them that I am sent you. Here in Psalm 23, God speaks and he says, Jehovah is my name. We thought a little about that this morning. He's saying to David, and he's saying to you and me tonight through David, Jehovah is my shepherd. Jesus is my Jehovah. David is saying there may be evil, but Jehovah is with us. Yes, there can be no valley without mountains. There can be no shadow without light. There can be no evil without a greater good. Oh, tonight we take our stand in the Word of God and we believe that truth is mightier than error, that grace is greater than sin, that our sovereign God is greater than Satan and life is greater than death. And God wants these truths to grip our hearts He wants these truths to sink down deep into our soul and stir and move our whole being. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil because he is with us. Jehovah, the great I am, is with us. Accept death as a decided fact. Approach death as a defeated foe. And lastly, acknowledge death as a delightful friend. Did you say a friend? Yes. Death, a friend? Yes. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3. He had been telling his readers what they have in Christ. These Corinthians had been arguing and squabbling about what, the preacher, what preacher they liked the best. And this is what Paul said. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. And one of these things that belong to us is death. It's one of our treasured possessions. Death is yours. Paul doesn't think of death as an enemy but as a servant. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 116. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his sins. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 1 and verse 21. For me to die is gain. Physically it's gain. My body is going to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Intellectually it's gain. I will know as I am known. Emotionally it's gain. For I will be able to praise him with my whole heart. Socially it's gain. Because I will be with the saints of all the ages. And with my Lord and Savior. Spiritually it's gain. Temptation and sin will be behind me. For I will be with the Lord. And like him forever. Now what brings me into that relationship? Death. 
Death brings me into that relationship. So death is no longer an enemy to the child of God. If it helps me come into a place like that, for me to die is gain. Note how David looks upon death as a friend. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. There's the presence of the shepherd here in the valley. He's no longer talking about him, but rather talking to him. You are with me. So often we are brought closer to God in the dark valleys of life. And when we are there, we will get to know what it means when he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the very end. You see, when it comes to dying for the child of God, We will not have to die alone. When the believer comes to die, the Lord is there. The light is there. The shepherd is there in the darkest valley. We know fear no ill. There's the presence of the shepherd. There's the power of the shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What did I tell you this morning about the rod? The rod was there to protect the sheep. What did I tell you about the staff? The staff was there to lift the sheep. Oh, my dear friends, when we come to die in Christ, we can be assured that the Lord will be with us. He will strengthen us. There will be his presence, his power, his rod to protect from evil and a staff to draw us close to him as we walk through the valley, as our feet touch the chilling waters of the rivers of death. There is the presence of the shepherd. There is the power of the shepherd. There is the purpose of the valley. Note the word through. He brings me through the valley. You know, you may be in some trouble and difficulty tonight, but it's only for a season, it's only for a purpose. David knew enough about a shepherd that he can never take a sheep through a place like this unless he was leading them to a better place. Someone asked a man, what's your favorite verse? And he said, it's that one, and it came to pass. And he said, why is it your favorite verse? He said, because I know when it comes, it doesn't come to stay, it comes to pass. And it's come to pass, and we're going through. We sing, don't we, I know whatever befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. It was the month of November, 1983. My dad wasn't too well, but he felt a little break in Kilkeen would do him good. And so that Sunday night after the evening service in Kilkeen, we went to Belfast and brought him down along with Nanny Morrison. He liked an ice cream. And I said, you know, I'm visiting tomorrow in Uri Hospital. You'd like to come for a wee run in the car and then we'll go into Warren Point and have a wee ice cream. We said, I'm your man. I was upstairs in the study. It was just after 12 o'clock, 20 past 12. Nanny Morrison shouted, Clifford, quick, 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 it's your daddy. I ran down the stairs. He'd taken a massive heart attack. And in my arms, he went out into eternity. My reaction was one that simply said, no, Lord, no, 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 not today, Lord. And as clear as I'm speaking to you tonight, God spoke to me. Here's what he said. Fear not, for I have redeemed him. I have called him by name. 
he is mine. And I released him. In that little bedroom in Kilkeel. And I said to my heavenly father, Father, you've done more for him than I can ever do. You sent your son to die on the cross that you might take him to heaven for all eternity. Some night, I'd maybe share a word of testimony. Five hours after I was born, my mother took a hemorrhage and she passed into the presence of God. Never knew what it was to rest in her arms. Never knew what it was to see her smile or hear her speak. But one day the shadows will clear. One day the mist will be lifted. And one day we will be united, never more to part. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil, for he is with us. How can we smile at death? Accept it as a decided fact. Men and women, look at me tonight. You're going to die if Jesus doesn't come again. Approach it as a defeated foe. The Lord Jesus conquered death at Calvary for you and for me. And acknowledge it as a delightful friend. Death for the believer will open the gates of glory and faith will give way to sight. We shall see the King in all his beauty. And we'll sing those lovely words unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Unto him be the glory forever. Amen. Do you know the Saviour? You might never sit again in this building. That's not scaremongering. That's reality. God has given you this moment, this opportunity, this time. And if you're not right with God tonight, if, you're not, if you've never made your peace with God tonight, don't put your head on the pillow until you come to him and say, Jesus, I will trust you. Trust you with my soul. Guilty, lost, helpless. Thou canst make me whole. God grant it. For his name's sake.